Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? You can advertise your band, a new album, your company, a service you provide, or just yourself, and it will be heard around the world, and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. Email me at Conversations with Dwyer, and we could begin discussing how to get your advertisement up on an episode or multiple episodes of Conversations with Dwyer. Again, email me at Conversations with Dwyer at gmail.com. And remember, that ad will be heard around the world. Now, how about we enjoy this latest episode of Conversations with Dwyer? Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that just played me in is, or us in, we're in this together, we're listening to this together, is Just a Minute by Lee Baggett. And that's from his upcoming album called Just a Minute. And you can get that on Perpetual Doom. The uh, You could pre-order it. It uh, officially comes out April 30th. You can buy that April 30th. Um but you can pre-order it, get a vinyl. I certainly did, and uh, it's uh, really good. I'm um, kind of obsessed with the song Just a Minute, and uh, if you don't know much about Lee Baggett, he's kind of a legend. Um, guys like Phil Overham from The Microphones in Mount Erie and Kyle Field from Little Wings have been singing his praises for a long time, as well as many other musicians. There is this cloud of mystery around Lee, so I feel uh, very honored to uh, get a crack at talking to him and doing an extensive, long interview with him. He's a really fascinating, interesting guy, and has he he plays with Little Wings. He's been an influence on a lot of people, and I, I if you don't know his music for some reason, I implore you. Um, to seek it out and buy that record. And uh, and there's a bunch of stuff in the show notes about Lee Baggett and videos and his web uh, social media and perpetual, perpetual. So please browse through the show notes and enjoy that. And speaking of uh, Perpetual Doom, uh, which is a great label and it's uh, run by this guy, Lou, this guy named Lou, it sounds like I owe money to uh, this guy named Lou. But anyway, um, Perpetual Doom has been catching a lot of attention lately. And recently the has, has announced the Doom Club, a cassette subscription series, which is curated by Lou and Perpetual Doom. And it'll come out each month for a limited edition cassette tapes from hand-picked artists that uh, you'll dig. Doom Club members also receive exclusive bonus items, club swag, and discounts. If you're familiar with Perpetual Doom, I highly re- recommend you check them out. And uh, Lou and Perpetual Doom has been uh, involved in a lot of my guests that I've had on the show. And Lou is also, he's got great taste in music. He helps, uh, he curates all the music that goes on the Perpetual Doom label. And he's worked with Carl Blau, Kyle Field, uh, to, uh, and Lee Baggett, to name a few. And um, he's got excellent taste in music. He and I message quite frequently about music, and he hips me to some shit I haven't heard before. And he's helped me get some of my guests, like Macy Stewart from Ohm and Kyle Field. So um, become, and that that will be in the show notes too, if you want to become a Perpetual Doom, uh, Doom Club member. Uh, and I highly recommend it because I have I have a Doom hat. And I'm pretty pleased with that. And I have two cassettes from Perpetual Doom, and I don't even own a goddamn cassette player. So that's how great Perpetual Doom is. Um, and speaking of plugs and things, uh, thematdwire.com is where you could find all things Matt Dwyer if you're so inclined. Um, my Instagram, Conversations with Dwyer, is a great way to see who's coming up and who's been on the show. So you can check out past. And if you're really into my podcast, you become a uh, Patreon subscriber. There's audio blogs, there's written blogs, there's video versions of all the conversations. Uh, usually my episodes go long, so there'll be part one and part part two will always live on the Patreon. And Patreon subscribers get a pin. And there'll be more merch in the future. And you could find all that stuff through thematdwire.com. This is officially the longest intro I've ever done for my show. <laughs> but I had an ad. 
I I had an ad, so I was doing an ad for Perpetual Doom. Um, so please enjoy now this episode and my conversation with the great legendary mysterious Lee Baggett. Just a minute, and I quit it. Yeah, I'll finish the game. Just I have a strange effect on electronical equipment. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's every time I. I touch something electrical, it, it short circuits. I'm getting better at it, but my wife doesn't believe me that, about that, but it, it seems like it's real. Do you think there's something in, in your makeup, your electric, the electric current within your, your body? Yeah, for sure, yes. Yes, yes. Because I have a knack for having, like, buying something that's broken, and I'm just like, what the, how am I the only, like, am I the only guy on earth who buys something and it's fucked up, like, electronic-wise? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I I think that's probably a bioelectrical thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got a brand new TV years ago and it was just totally like something was weird and nobody could figure out what it was. And I'm like, it's me. I'm, I'm cursed by the electric cosmos. Wow. See, I'm not the only one and we're, and we're not crazy. So that's, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Do we, do we need to start a support group? Like, <laughs> I think that would be a good call. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, can't, yeah. Because we can for, for for the disbelievers. I mean, you you you, you try to tell somebody and they aha, yeah, that happens, and that, you're just you're just making that up. But you're crazy. But yeah, uh, and but, maybe this this podcast is to start to other people reaching out to us, and and we can and maybe you know I'm not a capitalist, but maybe we could monetize on it. Yeah, or at least bring it to like the the, the scientific world, you know. <laughs> I also <laughs> have a knack for buying fucked up records, which like I just got two brand new records yesterday, and there was came out of the sleeve and totally fucked. Well, were they um, recently made? Uh, they were, yeah, they were reissues of uh, Devo's first record, and then uh, um, I, I can't remember the, the Stax artist. This uh, it was a compilation, but yes, is is there a lot of issues with new records? Um, well, I I just imagine that there would be. I I never I never knew that to be a problem in the olden days when you you buy a record. That there was there was never ever a, a doubt of anything messed up about the vinyl just like so but i don't know if they they put as much like uh care or whatever now but i don't know i i don't know yeah that's a good point because i I would assume a lot of the vinyl press machines got tossed out or whatever and so they're like probably scrambling to get that stuff back in order well yeah i think you know with all with a the kind of the vinyl coming back, I think, yeah, they probably don't have the, the machines they used to and they're trying to scramble, yeah. Is this a concern at all with your record that's coming out, which I purchased, pre-ordered yesterday? Um, I, I guess it could be a slight concern, you know? <laughs> I, I know uh, we, we made records before and... Um, and the, there was kind of a uh, disappointment in in the actual material thing. So, but yeah, um, there seems to be with this record. Do you? I mean, there seems to be a lot of mystery about you. And um, how do you feel about being this mysterious sort of? Well, do you think of that. <laughs> Well, I mean, before that, um, I, I just I did play the the vinyl, and and it um, it has a, a great feel to it, and I think I just you know I got the the test one, you know, without the cover, and and I and I thought it had a a wonderful feel of of the it was it was made to be on good vinyl, and I think this is good vinyl, seems to me. And so I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Do you, 
how is that when you get a record that you worked on? Because I'm assuming there's a big chunk of or a good chunk of time between the time you finish recording it and then you get it on vinyl. How does that how does that feel when you first get that pressing and listen to it? Well, this this one here is is this is the first time I've had really good vinyl, and and so I was just so happy with it because it adds more. There's more feeling, I think, you know, and so that's that's pretty satisfying. It's really satisfying, you know. I know I've put stuff on in CDs and and that's that's satisfying too, you know. And when it gets all manufactured and I made that burner CD and then it got mastered by Golden Golden Guy and all that and then it came out and Kyle had done the the artwork you know, on the inside and, and then the, the feel of it, it was all light and, and it's nice cardboard. And, uh, that, that was, uh, that was magical. I, I think it could probably be a little hit or miss maybe, I guess, you know, but sometimes there's, there's, there's magic, you know, yeah. in there. I just wonder if because we grew up with records pre like CDs and stuff. So to me, uh, a record holds more power and romance. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I I can't wait to get the just a minute one because I it's got the wonderful art and and the the vinyl is great and um, so I'm, I'm I can't wait to get one of those. I don't have one yet. <laughs> Um, how long was it between the last time you recorded something until this record? Was there a big space of time? Um, no, no. I've, I've, I've always kind of been doing, doing stuff and, um, you know, I, you know, Kyle gave me this like little zoom four track thing and I did a few things with that. But my, my favorite thing is just, I have a, 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 a chord progression and um i i i take it to the guys and and we have like you know a day or a half a day and and they learn learn it real fast and slam it down and and press record and uh, put a vocal overdub and and then that's that's the way i've done my little records you know yeah do you, do you agree that there is a, a sort of a mystery because I've I heard I you know Kyle Field from Little Wing speaks of you highly I know Phil Olverum you have these these guys and I don't there just seems to be a, a bit of mystery about your story and how this album came about and I'm just curious what what your thoughts are on that Well I, I think it's all mysterious to me myself so I, I, I try to, I think it's, I was just thinking about it. It's like weird being too exposed about things. And I almost feel like Kyle almost would have that same kind of thing. Like that sort of, maybe a fear of um, putting too much of your, yourself there or something, you know, and, yeah, Kyle has said that. Like he's like he's like I want to be less known. <laughs> he's like I don't. Cause, do you do you feel like you've avoided that to a degree? Like or yourself? Well, yeah, not not consciously. I think I I think it's another biochemical, electrical, magnetical thing. You know. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I relate because uh, I worked in, you know, f- different forms of performance and I I don't think I ever actively did anything to choose to, like, when I was young, I was like, I'm going to be, I want to be huge. And then you get so Oh, yeah. Clo- yeah. Did you, because I saw the video. Wait. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, what are you saying? Oh, I just saw the video of you playing Eruption and I feel like on... 
like I don't know how old you were. Was that like high school? Oh yeah, 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 and yeah. When when you're that age, you you you're shooting for the the moon. You know, it's like you have no no doubts. You want to be the the biggest thing. You want to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone, right? And now, uh, and uh, and and at some point, I guess. That changes, I guess. <laughs> I, I, that, that, that Kyle wanted me to mention that, like, doing that, you know, eruption. Uh, actually, never mind. What were you going to say? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just curious, like, what, do you know what where the space of wanting that kind of rock god status came from because i know where i where i was as a kid when i wanted to i wanted to be john belushi i was like i want to be john belushi uh, level famous yeah yeah well you know i was uh i was always the kind of i was the guy who was drawing the picture and and um so i was kind of like the 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 artist you know and and friends would come on. Oh, gladly draw a picture. And then, and then as soon as it comes time for the the art contest, where you put it on the wall, and um, later on, you know, towards middle, middle school, and then I, I I I just I I couldn't draw the right picture, and I like got third place, and I was like, what? That, that couldn't have happened. And I think the same thing might have happened with music. And I remember it's like my, you know, I saw Rush on the moving pictures tour, and I like, I'm like that just totally changed everything, and and um, and well, let's see. So then, and then you think, oh, maybe maybe my band can be the best band, and and you and you have your friends, and 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 you and you and you play a good a good show and 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 you just and then it's like okay we're gonna be the best and and then uh and then we'll see what happens um i can't remember what happens like well i can and then he still did and he's still and you're young and and I and I think I I missed out a little bit on like um, when like Nirvana and like 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 or those bands and that were kind of like underground, you know, before they got kind of big and like maybe Dinosaur Junior and all that. And uh, and I'm like, no, my band is my band is is better than that actually, you know. And and then, but you know, you're not really. And then. I think it's just about being young, I think, and that you want to be a superstar. Do you think there's something sort of broken in the psyche of America of what defines, because it's like, you have to be big. And it's like, do you have to be big? Like there's this sort of disconnect, I think, of what success might mean to most Americans. And I think that filters into creative people's heads of like, if you don't make gobs of money, you're not successful, which to me is is wrong <laughs> well yeah and well then then comes along indie music which kind of wasn't there before and then i'm like oh man you can make these little little toy kind of records and that you can use your own like weird imagination and and um and that and that kind of like i think that that was pretty freeing and quite wonderful and I, I think it still is of course you know and, and I remember traveling f- from California up north for the first time and we got to Anacortes and when we and we see um, what Carl Blau's doing and, and Phil and and um, and all those guys and, and like 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 oh you can you can just you can just totally you can you can just be just completely create creative and not and not go about being the big thing you know and and um 
was there a moment in because like you're playing eruption in high school and was there a definitive sort of moment or like music you heard or something that steered you into a different direction away from say wanting to be van halen well you know um we'd go see like like fire hose and like um the replacements at the old town saloon in there in Fresno. And, and, and I've, I've heard, you know, like Mike Watt and those guys, they, they said, Oh, you know, punk it's, it's about, you know, like your tribe and, and your one thing with, with this group of people in this kind of small club. And, and, and that, and that's, that's true. And, um, and, um, uh, but you know, when I saw Firehose, I was in the very back and, and they're playing almost, you know, like a big, you know, arena kind of band, then I, I saw Robin Trower at the same club, you know, and and I paid for my $18 ticket. And, and I just I just read the little thing in the magazine like, oh, this guy, he, he takes micro and turns it to macro and vice versa. I'm like, what does that mean? And, and, I, and I'm at the door and, and this, um, this like city college friend of mine is like, oh, man, there's a party down the street, $2, guy. And I said, go ahead. And I, and I, but I go in there and, uh, and, and Tito, the, the DJ's big kind of like Samoan guy, and he's back with his friends and he's like, come on, Robin, get off that bong and come out on stage. And uh, something's happening. And then, and then, and then Robin comes from, he just makes the sound from behind the curtain, like his guitar, and then it's like everybody wakes up. And then, and then, but then he'll, I was, I was standing there just, and then, and then he'll play that note right to you, you know, person, person, the person, and, and he sees your reaction and he, and he, he smiles and, and, and he knows there's this like connection of musician to musician or musician to audience member, I guess. And, uh, and I think, first time I saw Jerry Garcia, the same thing, you know, and you can, it doesn't have to be a, a small grimy club playing punk music. I think it, it's, it's just, and I think it's that personal, personal thing. I think, and that goes as far as like being real big too. I think you, you kind of want to um, have that connection of, of person to person. And, and if you, if you, if you you might lose people i think you know if you if you like and then you and then you get big and then people are like oh yeah he's doing that and then he, we we used to i used to know exactly what he was saying you know but anyway what what about because I know you've seen the dead a lot and uh, I I saw the dead in '86. <laughs> oh, that's good. Good way back, yeah. Yeah, right around. I can't remember if it was before or after the Touch of Grey album. Might have been right before, but and, and I've talked to a lot of musicians and I'm always surprised. Like even like there's punk punk guys like Tim Presley or who came from punk worlds who are massive deadheads. And I never thought of this before, but I, I, is there a sort of a punk aesthetic to the Grateful Dead that you can see? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you see, when you would see the, the tribe of people there, there would be like, there'd be metal heads and there'd be like, um, there'd be people of, of uh, like strange nationalities, you know? And like, I mean, it, and just, it wasn't like it, w- it wasn't like hippies, you know, colorful hippies and tie dyes. Really, it was like there, there, there would be, yeah, there would be that that connection of like, I guess, you know. Yeah, because even though they were like huge, there was this sort of like the concerts were huge. There was there still was this sort of like, and especially with the cassettes, like I've, all my friends passed around tapes and there definitely was like a DIY sort of fuck it, we're doing our own thing type of, that I don't yeah. think often gets attributed to the Grateful Dead. No, no. And back in the day where you, where you would, you would, you would mail away in the U S mail for a ticket and, 
and you might get it or you might not kind of like, and it would come back, <laughs> it would come back to you in the mail, you know, like, right. Is it? And yeah. Yeah. Were they, uh, are, are they a big influence on you? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, as big as several other, uh, um, you know, people, but I was just, I was just remembering like before I saw, saw them, um, I would go from our, our house in, in the Valley in the East of Fresno. And I, and then we'd go to San Luis Obispo and, and there was a little bar, the, the dark room and, and there was a band that would play there and they were called Fire Duck and the Rain Dogs. And, and this is before I really knew about the dead and, and, um, and you know, you pay a dollar to get in and, and there'd be like, you know, a $3 pitcher of beer. And, 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 and when they play, everybody is dancing and they're, they're, they're doing some dead and they're, they're doing some, you know, classic rock covers and, and, um, and, and they, they seem like, you know, like mountain men who came from the mountains and even though they're like college age guys, you know, and, and, and everybody's just, just one with the whole band and the whole music and the whole vibe and, 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 uh, you know, and then like, like, oh, 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 Mitch, he's tripping tonight and he's the keyboard player. And then, but then he'll like, he'll, he'll go into like the, the door is LA woman and, um, and then everybody, and then you get, and he's, and it's not really about him, um, being the guy on stage, like the, the, everybody, you know, you know the song, and and it just kind of comes within you and everybody, and then and, and then you know it comes to those high points, and and we're all just dancing in one thing, and uh, and I think that was kind of like a dead experience, just as good as the dead, I think, even you know. And then take a take a break, and, and then Scotty would come you know, back from this break, and you could just see him. He, he grabs his Stratocaster, like we're we're gonna rip it, rip it up, and having and everybody's just having being one, and it's like, and it wasn't about money at all. You know? Did the, did because Kyle mentioned that the guitar, I forget what he said. Like you, you were better than anybody at guitar at like 12 or something oh yeah that's what um yeah i'm sorry i just i just had some, <laughs> <laughs> i just i just i just remember something like that about somebody like and and being in san luis and i'm walking down the uh the railroad tracks to the cal poly uh, college and and we're just walking along going to see our friend's band was playing and then um and and um, a cop kind of comes out, and he's got this really bright blonde curly hair, and and, and, he, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta write you guys up for you carrying an open container." And and then I said, "Oh, Lee, Lee Baggett," and, and he said, "Oh, you, Lee Baggett, you, you were the best guitar player in our old school, city man, dude. Hey, how's it going?" And then and then it's like, "Oh, here's your ticket." And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, did you? How old were you when you picked up the guitar? Well, I can, I, you know, my mom had an, uh, a, a nylon string kind of hanging around. And, and I think, I think after I saw that first Rush concert, I was like, I picked it up and I, and I, and, um, um, I would hit the, the bass, the low E note. And I would, I would do like the, the run on working man, you know, right before the solo. I'm like, wow, that sounds like rock and roll. <laughs> but I don't know. I was like 12 or something. Yeah. For eleven, I'm twelve. Yeah. Did you did, did you have a sort of pick it up quickly? Well, my 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 first band guys, you know, my buddies, um, we said, okay, we're gonna go learn the guitar, and we we go have a parent take us to to the downtown Sanger there, and and the little Christian 
music store and the Hispanic lady to teach us chords and like, oh it hurts your fingers and um and my one friend's um, my one friend's like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the lead guitar player and 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 you you you're gonna be the bass you guys are gonna be the bass player rhythm and then but of course I I hopped up to being the lead guitar player you know and the songwriter guy and right away so and then and that was the high school bands yeah do you recall what any of your first songs were that you wrote yeah I I do uh. Um, there, there was um, <laughs> there was there was a song I had, I had called um, uh, it was like they're almost like Night Ranger songs. Or something. <laughs> 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 it's like this one was called Living It Up, and um, and there and there was um, and then we had just like um, we had a song called Evil Shit. And and I I um I, w- I was playing a, a a VHS thing. I was trying to get it on CD like about a year ago. And 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 him, my 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 brother uh, played played the stand up uh, the the keyboard. You know, where it's like a guitar. You know, and he sang the songs, but they're all mostly my songs. But he would sing them, and 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 he and he said into the microphone, he said, this. This is evil shit, <laughs> and and I heard I heard um, Bobby's mom, the bass player, um, was filming, and she and she's like, like oh nasty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there there was there was some good songs, you know, and despite them being night rangery, you know, but they were they were good, and there was a lot of them, and. And uh, I think there was still it was still fun because there was collaborations. The drummer wrote a a, a really nice song, uh, uh, lyrics, and and, and I, I made the chords and I actually put it on YouTube. But I just named I put the the name of the band was Unknown Origin, and and then the song was Looking Glass Girl, and and then we had another song um, that that our our neighbor's older brother wrote the lyrics for, and it was was cool, you know, that way, you know. Is that on your YouTube page? Because I was on there last night. I I must have. I think, think, you know what, I I put that, and I I, I think it's, I put it under Unknown Origin, or maybe I put I put Looking Glass Girl or Unknown Origin, and I I just wanted to put it up there so I could send it to my friend. I I, I think it should be up there under one of those, and that, and that's the whole song. That was one of the songs. That that was that was a con, that was the thing we did. Like we we won the Battle of the Bands at the Car Show, and then and we then we got to open for Eddie and the Tide, and it's like this in Madeira, this little ballet town, and and. And we played really great, and I, and 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 um, and I was so high from playing, and and I and I set my guitar down by the stage, and 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 the, our friend's older brother, he's like, he's kind of like Keith Partridge to me, you know. He's like, oh, let's let's get high and go to the to the Laser Light Show, and <laughs> the the, the Zep, Zep Rush Laser Light Show, and and and. Uh, and then, and I and I go and then and then like the the laser show kind of like turned into like like uh, it turned into Hugh Lewis or something I don't know but it's kind of a like, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I woke up in the morning and I'm like oh gosh I forgot about my guitar and that was the end of that guitar so oh fuck and, somebody swiped it. Yeah. Yeah, because I just I just put it down. You know, I was so high from playing, and then this this big band came after us. You know, like your and and yeah, and and so then that's when I had uh, I had this old like Gibson Sonics. You know, that kind of didn't work, and and it, it had a hole in it. And I think, okay, I'm, I'll be like Eddie Van Halen. I like tape it up, and 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 I'll be real cool that way. You know, and. But then, I, then I got rid of that, and then I got the this SG Gibson SG guitar, and this is way back, and uh, that's the same guitar I still have. And uh, you know, it's just like a 
like a dirty brown wood guitar. I was there in the in the sound stage in in Fresno, and and, and like I, I picked it up, and it was like a kind of a, a heavy set younger kind of metal dude that went to our school, and he's like he's like, oh, that guitar is you. Was the scene, was there a period like where the San Luis Obispo scene was kind of a magical uh, happening thing? Because I feel like I hear about it a lot, but I don't also know about it a lot. But I know like Kyle was there and and you were there and it seems like there was this thing for a while. Well, yeah, it it was. I mean, it, it was for me going coming from the valley, you know, and the coast and, and, um, my, my brother's going to school there and he, he, he was, he would sing all my songs anyway. And then, so I'm like, okay, we'll make a band and, and, and you'll sing different, more different songs. We'll, we'll be a three piece. And our, our first gig was like in, in Morro Bay, like a surfer's, uh, like kind of shack place. And, and the drummer was, I just had, he didn't even have a bass drum and, 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 uh, and I, and the whole like foggy coast kind of punk vibe coming through it was completely different than the the valley, you know. But yeah, and um, so then I, I played with that band, and, and and we called ourselves Fever Tree, and 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 we got to play at the dark room, you know that that one I was telling you about, the yeah the the cover band would play in the. Uh, and those those cool there was a good time you know like there was dk's west indies bar and and these little bars where the the bands that were playing from la to frisco they would stop by and and so all it was a really great music scene i think at that time for me and then you could just you could just walk into the bars or you know pay pay a few bucks and and you could see great great blues bands and and uh you know and and it and and you just yeah it was it was a it was a good time and and a lot of a lot of um you know friends or kind of friends you know were had their bands and and um you know then and people everybody moves away and and so then then you find yourself kind of like oh i'm I'm on my own and and that's when i i tried doing my songs with just me and the guitar and singing. Cause it usually when we played, I wasn't really, I would never be the singer. Maybe, maybe I'd sing in one or two songs, but, um, and then that's, that was when another, another, um, you know, uh, waves of, of friends came along, like then Kyle and all those guys and kind of a connection with, uh, with like, like other guys that were there, like Mike Seltzer, Mike, uh, Adam Seltzer, who was like, uh, and, and everybody moved up to Portland and, uh, and, uh, and I, that, that, that wave of, um, of, of music that was happening, you know, when, in Kyle and, um, like Rodriguez and, and, um, that was, that was a, dim, a different, a different, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was different, you know, and you eventually left. Did you, you went, did you go to Portland at all? Or did you, I know you were, are you still in Olympia? You were kind of up that way. Well, well they, a lot of people from that slow scene, like they, they ended up in, in Portland and, and, and Kyle did too. And, um, but I, I didn't, I, I stayed as long as I could. And, um, yeah, they're, they're um, but that 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 time of music was um, it was it was there was some good you know inventive stuff happening and they uh, and and they ended up in Portland and and you know I I uh, didn't. I I would I would go and hang out, you know, like Greg Owen lived up there, and I'd stay in his apartment, 
Kyle and Lou were my main sources of of, uh, of research, but that you were that you grew up in the Philippines and you lived in Australia for a while. Uh, was like, what was the was your father in the military? I'm just like trying to figure out the origin of the living in the Philippines and in Australia before you came to California. Well, well, my my uh, my dad was um, in the in the cotton business and. He, and they sent him over to the Philippines to open his open the shop, and um, and that's where I was born. And my brother's born there. And, and then he would go open the other shop in in like north of Sydney there in in Australia. So we would kind of move back and forth. And and um, and I. I, I keep reading these the these books that Nat Young, the great uh, Australian surfer, he's um, he's always talking about where he grew up and and he was he was right there in uh, the north of Sydney where where I was like a little kid and I'm like oh man why did I move to Fresno California like <laughs> it's 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 so painful to to hear of all the little places that he talks about like, I was like oh yeah. The North Sydney beaches they were they were just they were kind of nothing and and then all the just like the roads Nerbean Road and and Palm Beach you know and, and um but anyway I was I was in I was moving back from Philippines to Australia and then moved to Fresno yeah and how, and how that's old, that how old were you when you moved to Fresno I was, I think I was just like kindergarten age. Oh, okay. Because I, I wasn't. Because uh, I know. Because you mentioned surfing to me, so was that when you moved to San Luis Obispo? Yeah, it, it, it wasn't until I actually moved, like after high school, to the coast. You know, but but we would go as a family to Pismo, and I get on the mat and like ride the white water because <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that, I forget what I said the other day when we were emailing I can't remember if I said I didn't feel well or something and you were like get in the water get in the ocean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that I just yeah when I and I first moved to, to San Luis and uh, and then I I'd stay I, I rent a room and 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 I, I wasn't surfing yet, and then and then and then so like the the roommate next to me, he'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, oh, if you have a cold, just put on your watch, you go go right, go in the fog, go in the water, and then he fix you right up. And then, and then like I told you, he's you know, like I think he stole my Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. But, what do you? Does it make you feel better? I, I think there there is that. Yeah, I think I think you know it's like that whole kind of maybe that thing where like the the, the real the cold salt water you know kind of strengthens your nerves up and yeah yeah I think I think that might be I don't know if it's scientifically. A real thing. Does it affect but your elect internal electrical current? I, 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 it absolutely does. Yeah, I mean, you know, you when you get out of a, a good little time in the in the waves, you, you can feel this little this little what do you call it? Electrolytes just called zipping all around. Yeah, I, I mean, I live pretty far from the ocean now. I'm about an hour, but it's like I used to go. It just makes your head a lot better. 
it does. I, yeah, you know, so I live in Olympia now, and it's, it's, a, it's like an hour and 15 to the surf spot, and um, so it's a three-hour drive no matter what, and kind of, um, it's kind of hard to, to take the time out, you know, and have the little family here, and I kind of, kind of got to be part of that scene, and, and, and it, yeah, I was actually going to go surfing today. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And maybe, maybe I can just talk to, to Matt and wanna, while I'm driving out. My, my wife didn't think that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to fuck your surfing up. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's actually pretty cold here and it's getting kind of windy. So there's not going to be any surfing today. But I'm... I'm in this little shack here that, that we just we just built, and uh, and, and I, I call it the Fifty One Fifty Studio, you know. But I have, this is the first time I brought a guitar out here, and um, I'll take a picture of it when we're done. <laughs> is there? Uh, do you? I, I don't know if this is a weird or hokey question, but like, is there? Do you find a connection with surfing and creativity? I, I think personally, he, yeah, I think, you know, I, 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 I kind of I think we have a special thing with, a, you know, um, my friends who play music and um, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Like, you know, our, our friend Zeb Zates, he lives in Baron Slow and he's, and uh, he plays with us and He's he's like a surf surf head, you know. And um, so whenever I get to like sort of when I get to hang out with those guys, maybe there'll be a little surf session. And I and I think that that's it's a special thing where we can all get in the water together and 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 then and then do music. Maybe it's a show or recording. I think that's that certainly adds some 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 creative freedomness, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like I I feel pretty lucky to have that. What brought you up towards uh, to Olympia? Well, um, I was I was you know going on a. A, a, a romp around the world, you know, with Kyle, of course, another one. No. And um, yeah, actually, just driving north. But I think I think we were we were recording his um, uh, Magic Wand CD that he made, you know. And um, and my my wife was working up there in the K or in the office next to the K Records building right there. So I. I kind of get a glimpse of her before I met her, you know, and uh, and then I'm driving back from one of the what the heck fests, and we we played in, you know, here in Olympia, and and met my wife again, and um, and here I am, you know. She, <laughs> she she moved to she moved to Slow for about a year and a half, and then. We we moved up here. Yeah. I'm just always looking for a place to move because uh, my area of the world is getting so expensive. I can't I can't fucking keep up anymore, and it's driving me insane. Yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty nice here. You, uh, you know, I was I think about like I I'm like oh I miss I, I miss this. like being able to go surfing in, in a 10 minutes but you know lots of times I'll go to the surf place here and, and it's just like there's five guys and, and everybody's like kind of glad that you're out there with them and um, so but it is it is kind of getting it is changing here you know like it is everywhere you know like you know they're they're, they're, they're build, building stuff that you know looks like they just put it up to sell for, you know, money and move on and uh, and it 
but it, you know, it's it's not a bad place. You know, it's a uh, it's green, very green, and and you know, I don't I don't know. We're doing we're doing all right here. <laughs> do you do you plan on uh, when the pandemic's over? Do you plan on touring with this record? Yeah, um, I I really I think I have to get Zeb Zates to play the drums because he uh, really made he made the record sound fun and um, by being the drummer and um, and I I think we could get uh, you know Sam. Uh, Sam Farrell played the, the bass and then also Nick uh, played the bass but he doesn't as long as they have Zeb doing the drums that would be pretty nice and, and then we could all that would be cool I think we'll, we will do that yeah when was the last time you toured because I saw some video of you playing with uh Kyle, I, saw, I found a few videos of you and Kyle playing together with Little Wings and then Legal. The, the legal, legal, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't play, I don't front that much. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of a hermit, and um, I, I, I usually just, I'll, I'll play. You know, if I'm playing with other people, okay, I'll I'll put my little band together and and I'll, but but I don't really do it that much, and I and I and I don't really feel comfortable being the the captain. You know, um, I I like to be the, I like to be the side the side captain on on the guitar. You know, and that's my comfortable spot. But but. I'm I'm still I'm still a baby and I'm and I haven't done what I want to do yet all the way so I, I'm not living in the past as in in um and and I, I plan on touring with uh or just playing some good shows you know doing my songs with with uh, me singing and a good drummer and. and when you said you haven't done what you wanted to do yet, I think that's what you said. Yeah. What what, what is it that you want to do? Well, I I I I've, I've uh, just I just I feel like I've just scraped the surface of like of of actually playing the music that I I I feel in the in the music that I I would I want to express you know to people and 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 I and I and I never. I never quite have the the band gelled together, like where we're we're actually powering through, you know, like and going for it, you know. But, you know, but that yeah, I was, that 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 will happen. When you say like uh, what you feel and express, is that how you music comes about? Do you, is it is there a feeling that? Evokes the song and then you express that, or how, is there a or is there a method to that, or is it just random? Oh, that there was there was there was always a different way of making a song, you know, like um, and and that, I think that's always changing, and um, I I think sometimes it comes in a rush of if it's a rush of a feeling, you know, and uh. Sometimes you gotta you gotta chip away at like something's not right here. And but the best best ones are with a rush of a feeling and a and and a, I think that there was just one song on the on the Just a Minute record that was like a a, a, a real kind of touch touch something that was real. Then that like maybe I told you yesterday, and that was like that. Uh, that was something that, like, I, I put it down and, and, and I was like, oh, I really wanted to say that. And I had, I had, re I had recorded, recorded half the record and um, this little, this kind of, this, uh, the, 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 the Southwestern there in, um, 
you know, Western Washington by the ocean. And it was just kind of a fun little breeze through and like, oh, hey, this thing sounds pretty good. And then, and then, um, see, my dad passed away and, and, um, and I had, I had, a, a, the title, maybe I told you yesterday and, um, and, um, which it was sometimes when I'm driving around with Kyle, like, all right, on the phone with him, I'm like, I'll say something, oh, that's the song, and I'll write it down, and I'll find it, or I'll just sneakily write it down by myself, and, but yeah, the, and, and that one, and so then I had that song, and I was like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put that on and make that the part of the record, and so then I, then I, then I booked a flight to to go down to Bob Fair's place in Frisco, um, cause say yeah we'll, we'll do it we'll, we'll make the rest of it and um, this this that one just like songs like that will come like they're they're kind of urgent and they need to get put down and. Uh, are you yeah. already collecting songs for another album? I I am, you know, and 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 they, they will come together when I when I say, okay, hey guys, we're we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna re- record, which is easier, ends up being like half a day, and that's that's it. And then I'll I'll have to I'll have to put all grab all the songs together, and then. And they're, they're still like falling out of the bag by the time I get to to, to the jam session, you know. Like, and that, but that and that's a good way, you know, because then it's a, then it's a rush, and I, I I never I never can make a good song like sitting around and 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 recording part and then another part and building it up, you know, like a brick house. I, I, I couldn't really do it that way, but I mean, maybe I can. Yeah. When I said uh, legals, I meant to. I was searching for uh, beagles, which is the uh, oh, good. side project you did with uh, Kyle. I was just curious how that because I was listening to that the other day. Somehow I knew about it, but I never listened to it. And then I was like, "Oh, I better," which I love it. And I was just curious how you two decided to 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 uh, collaborate and do that, do something like that. Well, the the, the beagles that. Just a little fun little little beach uh, campfire project, and and it, it's still going. And and um, and when I when I did make that record burner, and I uh, I uh, then the name came about when I when when Kyle played it to. Uh, Adam Forkner and he's like, "Oh, that's a burner," and then Kyle's like, "Oh, you gotta name it that." And then, and then actually, I think Kyle probably said, "Oh, you can just you can be legal, like like as in as an offshoot of the Beagles, you know." And and then it, I just kept that too, so I I don't think it it was supposed to stick around, but I I couldn't it didn't. Can't think of anything else. So that's just the legal is just offshoot of the Beagles, which is an offshoot of something else. And it's just it's it's neat that you called it legals because it's like Beagles, and it's supposed to be a little confusing, I think. With uh, I just as a side thing because you're, do you always have a guitar in your hand most of the time? Um, I, I'm told I'm, I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. I mean, I, I, a lot of musicians I know usually pluck around. I just was wondering if it's something you have with you at, uh, most moments. Um, it's, there's, I, I feel weird if, if I travel somewhere and, and there's not a guitar around, I'm, I like reach for something. I'm like, ah, it's like, I, I, I think playing music is, is a, is a physical r- release and a 
physical addiction, I think, too. So, like, I, there's, a, there's a piano in the house and there's, you know, there's guitars and mandolin or whatever. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to stay away from them when I have things to do. So I, I try not to to pick up the guitar. Yeah. And you have, do you have kids? Yeah, I, yeah. I have, I have a a middle schooler guy, and I have have a stepson who's older. And um, yeah, does your does your middle schooler take an interest in instruments laying around the house? <laughs> No, he he stays away from dad's type of music. <laughs> but he 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 plays the viola, yeah. Oh, you know, reading cool. reading music and 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 um and his mom, you know, she's got the reading music on the piano and um, and 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 we've always had we always have classical music playing on the radio. Yeah. So, but I, I'm 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 glad that he's not like like uh, like. Hey, Dad, I, I, I got this zap riff going, and it's halfway. You know, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad he's not doing that. <laughs> um, before before we uh, part ways, do you have anything? I'm gonna put all the Lee Baggett things in the uh, show notes. The Bandcamp and uh, where they can buy the record when it comes out. Is there anything else you need to plug at all? Um, uh, no. Um, well, I appreciate your time, Lee. I was very excited to talk to you. I hope. Uh, I hope you. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it as well. <laughs> I no, so fun, man. I, I was looking forward to it, and and it's, it's, I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. Just a minute, and I quit it. listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwyer.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening <laughs>